Welcome to episode number 230. In today's episode, I'm going to be walking you through how to know how much to plant if your goal is a year's worth of food for your family on fruit. So specifically, we're going to be walking through your fruit trees and your berry plants and what you need to know when you are deciding how many of them to put in. Now, there's a lot of factors when it comes to growing your own fruit. So we're going to tackle this aspect today. And we are also going to have some future episodes coming up that will walk you more through the care of them. For more on chill hours and cross-pollination, if you're not familiar with what that means, then you'll want to check out our previous episode number 169, which is five tips to starting an orchard and growing fruit, where I cover those aspects more in depth. But today, I really want us to focus on how many you're going to need per person on average for a year's worth of food. Welcome to the Pioneering Today podcast. I'm your host, Melissa K. Norris, best-selling author of three books, including my brand new book, The Family Garden Plan, Grow a Year's Worth of Sustainable and Healthy Food for Your Family. I'm also the founder of the Pioneering Today Academy, as well as the website, melissaknorris.com, where we're all about helping people get back to homemade, homegrown, and old-fashioned living at its best. And there's not much more old-fashioned than raising your own fruit and not having to buy it from the store. One of the things when it comes to fruit trees, specifically, even more so than your berry plants that you need to know, is they are one, they're a perennial, which is a gorgeous thing, my friends, because that means we plant once, ideally, (laughs) that we've picked the right variety and put it in the right spot where we planted it. And then year after year after year, it provides us with fruit without us ever having to seed start or to plant it again. And that is a very wonderful thing. Now, with your fruit trees, most of your fruit trees, some of them can take up to seven years before they actually start to produce a good harvest. So fruit trees, kind of any tree really, but especially with fruit trees, like the sooner you get it planted, the better off you are and the closer you are to getting to be able to harvest it. But the other good thing is when it comes to our fruit plants and we look at our berries, your berries, some varieties you will get fruit the first year if you plant raspberries in the spring and they are the ever bearing that produce an autumn crop, then you'll be able to harvest that first year in the fall and you'll get a fall crop. So there's some berries that you'll get a harvest that very first year. And then there's others that it can take two to three years, like blueberries and elderberries, for example, before you really start to get a good harvest on them. But usually your berries, you're going to get a harvest from them faster than you will an actual fruit tree. But let us talk really quick on our fruit trees, a little bit about the different sizes and main size types. So you've got dwarf or miniature, which is your smallest variety. The name pretty much gave that away, right? These are the smallest and the most compact fruit trees. They usually get between 8 to 10 feet tall and wide upon maturity. The size of the fruit is not dwarf, just the size of the tree. The good thing about a dwarf tree is they sometimes they'll produce fruit sooner than their larger counterparts. 
They can be grown in containers. Sometimes there's dwarf varieties that will provide fruit in as little as two years, similar to your berries. You don't have a ladder, so there's no climbing. They don't get super tall. So usually you don't have to have a ladder or anything like that in order to pick from your harvest. And they're easier to prune and to take care of. The cons are they have a shorter lifespan. So usually 15 to 25 years versus your standard variety, which is 50 years plus. And then because the tree itself is smaller, not the size of the fruit, uh, your harvest is smaller just because the size of the tree is smaller. So it's not going to provide you which, with as much fruit as some of the semi-dwarf and, of course, the standard varieties. So a few things to keep in mind, but they definitely can have their place on the homestead for sure. And these pros and cons and definitions that I'm reading to you, by the way, I'm reading directly from the book. So if you happen to have it and you want to look these up later, we're starting on page 153 of the Family Garden Plan. Now, up next is semi-dwarf. So these are kind of right in the middle and they grow between 12 to 15 feet tall and wide. This depends upon the rootstock. Some may get a little bit taller and might be a little bit closer to 18 and 20 foot, but on average. And upon maturity, when they're fully developed and grown, you might need a ladder to harvest at the very top of the tree. So the pros of the semi-dwarf is these two can be grown in containers. They still provide fruit faster than your standard varieties. The great thing about these is depending upon the variety, though, that you get double to triple the harvest that you usually will from a dwarf. So semi-dwarf is great. Semi-dwarf also gets large enough, which is what we have on our homestead as we grow the semi-dwarf for the most part. They'll get large enough that they can provide some shade. So sometimes people will plant them strategically on their property to provide shade during really hot times of the year. Or maybe you want to grow some crops that do a little bit better if they're cooler. So you can use some permaculture type things and with your semi-dwarf fruit trees. Your cons, still a smaller harvest than a standard variety. So if you're looking to get the absolute biggest harvest ever and you have a really large family or you may be looking at this as a business and you've got space, then you're probably going to want to go to a standard, which we're going to cover next. Um, cons of the semi-dwarf, again, a shorter lifespan than a standard. And they might require a ladder, like I said, to reach that top level for the harvest and pruning. So if you're looking to never climb on a ladder, then you're going to want to stick with those dwarf varieties. Now, your standard trees, these are the big boys. These can reach beyond 25 feet tall on maturity. My parents have apple trees on their property that are over 60 years old. And these, you guys, those trees are still producing fruit with very little pruning. Now, they're quite sprawling because my dad hasn't pruned them in a number of years, but they still are producing pretty decent. And then my neighbor has an old standard apple tree that has fallen over out in the middle of their field and it has still produces fruit, even completely laying on the ground. Pretty impressive for something that was planted half a lifetime ago. Now, the pros of your standards, you get a larger harvest. So you have plenty for fresh eating, preserving, selling, sharing. They have a long lifespan, like I just shared, upwards of 50 years in many cases. They can provide a lot of shade. They can provide a great canopy and produce a lot of shade. The cons to your standards are they take a few years longer to produce a harvest. They definitely require more space per tree. 
you're going to likely need to have some acreage if you plan on having multiple varieties and you don't want things like right up against your house, which I wouldn't recommend because you've got roots and branches and everything. So you don't want them too close to buildings or structures. And you are definitely going to need a ladder for harvest and pruning on mature standard sized trees. So how much to plant, though, when you are looking at raising a year's worth of fruit for your family? So the charts and the information that I've compiled that I'm reading to you from from the family garden plan, keep in mind, these are averages. And the reason that I stress that is because, of course, variety dependent And when you get into specific climates, some trees, some types of fruits, I should say, and berries are maybe going to do better in some climates than others, but they can still be grown in multiple climates. There's lots of different things. Uh, The location that you picked for them, if they have good drainage, if they're getting full sun, um, if they require full sun, which most fruits and berries require six plus hours of sunlight. Um, But the reason that I'm sharing all of that is because we can probably, if you've been raising fruit Um, or around orchards and stuff, you're going to say, oh, well, you know, this variety, we get higher yield than that. Or maybe I haven't gotten that much. So that's why I'm saying that it's averages, but it gives you a really good reference and starting point. Now, when we're talking about our fruit trees, we're going to be talking about the average yield per plant for these bigger trees. It's going to be in bushels and pecks. When we come to our berries, we're going to talk more about gallons. So stay with me because... (laughs) You're like, I don't necessarily know how much a bushel in a peck is. I'm going to walk you through that. So a bushel is the equivalent of four pecks or eight gallons, 32 quarts, 64 pints, or 128 cups. So all of those different volumes there, those different measurements, that equals a bushel. So a peck is going to be two gallons. Four pecks is a bushel. Okay. And then when we talk about pecks, a peck is eight quarts, 16 pints, or 32 cups. And most people are familiar, a quart is two pints or four cups, and a pint is two cups. Okay, so let's dive into this. So for your apple trees, and for most of your fruit trees, it's going to be one fruit tree when that fruit tree has reached maturity and is producing at a mature level, not when it's smaller, because the younger it is, it's going to take it years to build up to. Like the third year on our apple trees, I would get a couple of apples. But once they hit seven and eight years, then I was getting a lot more apples. So that's why I say this is based on maturity as well. But for your apple trees, usually on a dwarf tree, you're going to get five to six bushels, which is quite a bit. For a semi-dwarf, you're going to get 10 to 15 bushels. And on a standard, you're going to get anywhere from 5 to 20 bushels. And again, definitely variety dependent. So looking at within different varieties, once you've decided, yeah, I'm going to, I want to put in an apple tree and I've got room for dwarf, semi-dwarf and or standard, definitely going to want to look at those varieties. On apricots, for the semi-dwarf, you have one to two pecks. On the semi-dwarf, you have one to two bushels. And on a standard, you have three to four bushels. For cherries, now this is where we've got a little bit of distinction when we're coming with our cherries because you've got your sweet cherry and then you have your sour or pie cherries, which are the really tart cherries. And those differ a little bit in their volume. So for cherries with your sweet, the dwarf is eight to 10 gallons. Semi-dwarf is 10 to 15 gallons. And a standard is 15 to 20 gallons. 
Now on your sour or your pie cherries, the dwarf is three to five gallons. Semi-dwarf is 12 to 18 gallons. Then we've got our peach trees. And on your mini peach trees, you're going to get one to two pecks. Dwarf is three to four bushels. And then your standard is six to 10 bushels. Nectarines, which actually, sorry about that, transposed if we were doing alphabetically. Nectarines is one to two pecks on the smallest. Medium, dwarf, three to four bushels. Your standard is six to 10 bushels. Then we've got our pears. And for pears on your dwarf, you're looking at about six to eight bushels. And standard is 12 to 15 bushels. Plums, here again, we've got some variety distinction between the European plum and a Japanese plum. For the European, a dwarf plum is one to one and a half bushels, whereas a standard is one to two bushels. For the Japanese plum, dwarf is three to four bushels. Semi-dwarf is four to five bushels. And a standard is five to six bushels. So you can really notice, too, in between the different fruit varieties themselves, like with an apple, you're getting quite a bit of a difference when you look at those standards up to 20 bushels on a tree versus the dwarf only up to six bushels. That's a really big difference. But then when you look at the plums, uh, for example, on the Japanese, the difference between the dwarf and the standard is really only like two to three bushels difference. So it definitely depends on those the varieties themselves of, of actual fruit type, I should say. And then when you dive into the different varieties. Now, let's talk about our berries. So up first, we have got our blackberries and blackberries are very prolific when it comes to fruit. I actually think you probably get the most amount of blackberries per plant than any of the other berries, but you're going to get on a blackberry. So all the fruit trees, usually we figure one fruit tree is provided it doesn't need another one for pollination issues, which is why I said check out that previous episode. But you're going to figure one will probably be enough for one person and the standard varieties often will be enough for an entire family. But when it comes to our berries, usually we need to have one more, one or more plants. So we're going to talk about that. Blackberries, you're going to average yield per plant between 35 to 70 cups per plant. Depending on how many blackberries you eat, recommended averages is about two to four plants per person. I would personally, we don't plant blackberries. They're a classified a noxious weed by our county. They grow everywhere here. They take over everything. We're constantly battling them from encroaching in the garden, in the pasture, just everywhere. So we're actually cutting back and mowing them down quite frequently, but you just can't eradicate them. And so we have them growing wild all over our property. So I don't ever actually plant blackberries, but we definitely have enough and then some (laughs) off of the plants just running around. But that's kind of your average. Blueberries, average plants per person is usually recommended about two plants per person and average yield per plant is 14, excuse me, 15 to 45 cups, depending on maturity of plant. And I found that to be pretty accurate for us. I have got six blueberry plants and we are a family of four. And so there are some years where I kind of get to the end of spring right before harvest and I'm just kind of rationing them out a little bit. But With me, those six plants for our family of four is just about right. So that's pretty close to that two plants per person. Now, next we have elderberries. 
And this is one plant per person. And usually elderberries are consumed in a syrup or a jam or jelly. Usually people aren't just going out and picking and eating elderberries like you are eating fresh blackberries and blueberries. And so recommended plants per person for elderberry is just one. An average yield on a mature plant is 30 to 36 cups. So this is definitely going to depend on what you're using those elderberries for. Here, we use it medicinally. So I have two elderberry plants that are planted for my family of four. Now, next we have grapes, which doesn't really feel like a berry. It's a vine, but it's definitely not a fruit tree. So I didn't include it in that. But grapes, one vine per person. This has totally been true for us. We have four grape plants and that is just the perfect amount. So one plant per person. And average yield is 10 to 30 cups per plant, which in great technology, no, not technology. What I meant to say was terminology. In grape terminology, a vine is what you're referencing as a plant. And they do vine out and we do prune those vines, but that's what it's meaning when it says 10 to 30 cups per vine and one vine per person. Now, up next, we have got our raspberries. And with raspberries, you can say plant and or canes kind of depends on what you're reading and where you're referencing. But a lot of times raspberries, they're referred to as their canes that grow up um, and what the raspberries are producing on. But for raspberries, about 10 to 25 plants per person and average one to two quarts per plant. Then up next, we have rhubarb. And we have two to three crowns, which is what you call a rhubarb plant is the crown. Two to three crowns per person and average about six cups per crown. And rhubarb is kind of similar to asparagus. You're going to plant that crown the first year, and then you're not going to harvest it at all that first year. You're going to let those um, stalks go back and feed the root and the crown of the plant so it gets itself established really well. And then the following year, you'll harvest a small amount. And then each year as it matures, once you hit about getting in, you know, to your fourth and fifth year, then you can really harvest on it for for weeks and stuff on end throughout the late spring and summer and you'll be fine. But in the beginning, when it's not mature yet and not really established, you're going to limit your harvesting. So that's, a little, that's why there's um, important to remember. I know we're talking about fruit, but with your crowns and your fruit plants, especially as we were talking about not getting those harvest yet when they're immature, it's because it is that perennial and it needs to get established well so that it can continue to grow and produce for you and do better and better every single year. But with your rhubarb, two to three crowns per person and on average when it's mature, six cups per crown. And then lastly, we have got strawberries. And with our strawberries, we have 20 to 25 plants per person and average one pound or one pint per plant. And strawberries are interesting because they're not really a true perennial, nor are they an annual, (laughs) which you're like, what? So they're not really like the other berry plants, even though we call them a strawberry, like our berry bushes that we tend to think of. Your strawberry plant, so you'll plant that plant that first year, and then it will send out runners. And But every three years, the plant has pretty much that base plant, that base crown that you planted, it has pretty much exhausted itself. And so the second year, you'll let it set out a runner and let that become the next plant. So they kind of replenish themselves because they set out those runners. But you're not going to just plant 
a strawberry crown and have that same plant produce you strawberries year after year after year, like you would a blueberry bush or an elderberry bush, or you get the point. So just kind of wanted to make that distinction. And now on to our verse of the week. And we are in Isaiah chapter 43, verse 18 through 19. And this is the amplified translation of the Bible. Do not earnestly remember the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive and know it? And will you not give heed to it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. And at the time of this recording, we are right in the brand new year. So I thought this was a really applicable verse and one that was speaking to me. And a couple of things of notes that I like double underlined when I was doing some studying and my pastor was preaching on this verse in church this past week, but is to remember that God is doing a new thing, especially if you feel stuck or you find yourself looking back to past mistakes or past events or past behaviors, habits, whatever. We all have them, but don't let yourself think or get stuck in that mindset of I've tried this before, I tried this and it didn't work out or I keep falling back into whatever this pattern or habit or this thing may be or something that just kind of maybe something that kind of haunts you. Don't let yourself get stuck there. Remember that God is doing a new thing in your life and he's asking you to acknowledge it, to perceive it, to know it and to give to it. And that means that there is on our part that there is an action to take there, to think about that and to focus on that and to give heed that God is doing a new thing in our life, even if we're maybe not quite seeing it yet, that he is working behind the scenes and to not forget that. Thank you so much for joining me and this episode of the Pioneering Today podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, Make sure that you hit subscribe so that you don't miss any future ones and go and check out the incredible bonuses that you get for pre-ordering your copy of the Family Garden Plan. You can get all of that at familygardenplan.com. And if you already ordered your book, which is now out in the world, I said pre-order because I've been saying pre-order for so long, but it's now actually you can order it and it will ship out that exact same day. Or if you have a local bookstore or a Barnes and Noble, it's there on the shelves. You can go and grab it. But if you did pre-order it or you didn't know about the bonuses because you don't automatically get them when you order from wherever because there's so many online retailers and places that the book is sold. They unfortunately don't let the authors do that. But just go to familygardenplan.com and click on the claim bonus button. And then there's a form. It's at the bottom of the page and there's a form. You just pop in your email, your name and your receipt number. Sometimes it'll say order number if you order from Amazon. Oftentimes it says order number, not receipt number, depending on where you order it from, but just pop that into the form and then it will immediately give you access to all of the amazing bonuses. So even if you pre-ordered when you could pre-order back in October, you can still go and get those bonuses if you haven't done so yet. Thank you so much. And I can't wait to be back here with you next week for our newest episode. Bye for now. Mm -hmm.